Hello again, welcome aboard. It is Tuesday. It is time once again to head back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am a half of that team. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. Together we do this each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, as we navigate the murky waters of sports betting and do our best to help you head back to the window. Nice to be here on a fine Tuesday afternoon. Scott, how'd your Monday go? A little Monday night football, a little college basketball action, NBA. How'd you do? Uh, overall, wasn't too great. I ended up losing my play of the day with the Hawks. Had a minus five and a half. I was gambling on NBA injury news, which is never a fun time. Portland got Nurkic back. Wasn't expected to have him back. Trey Young dropped 56 points. And 14 assists against a team without its best player. And they lost the game outright. I don't know how you managed to do that. But they gave up 136 points to a Portland team with a no Damian Lillard. And they didn't cover. Scandalous. Scandalous. Uh, James S. in the house says, yo. He says, Rangers, baby. That's right. Rangers coming through as the underdog winning 4-1 to in that one. Scott, I think one of the better plays... Somebody in my comment section of my daily video, they had the Rangers on the uh, alternative line minus one and a half, and they also had the Grizzlies on the money line, a nice little about nine nine to one and change parlay that, that cash form. So that was a nice hit. Congratulations over there. Um, football game last night. How was that? How'd that work out for you? I purposefully slept through the first three quarters. Oh, and I woke up like Cleveland. Fourth, so <laughs> I really planned that out accordingly. I watched about maybe the final two minutes of the third quarter, and I just assumed this was how the entire game went. Mayfield on his back and Big Ben throwing the ball in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and it seemed to be exactly what happened for the first three quarters. Pretty, much sums, up, pretty much sums up the first three quarters. Super Sly, 32 in the house. Said, what up, fellas? Rode the Rangers, too. Excellent. T-Train is around what's up on the East Coast, buddy. Um, where'd they have that? I saw the I-95 big traffic jam, Scott. You know where that was? Where the big snow and ice thing was on 95? I don't know what state. Truth is, no. By my actual town, there really wasn't much snow to speak of. So it didn't seem to be that bad. <laughs> that's that's really what it's about for you, isn't it? If, it doesn't, mm -hmm. if you don't have to leave your house or if it doesn't come to your block, it's not really a thing. Like it's it, it's kind of like a NIMBY situation, like not in my backyard. It's, like I'm not worried about it if it doesn't concern. It's so me. funny, you know, because I'm an old man. So Scott and I, I'll, I'll ask you about the weather all the time. I'm like, what's the weather doing up there? He goes, I don't know. It's 72 and dry in my room. I was like, what's the weather? I don't know. Room temperature? <laughs> like I don't know what you want me to tell you. Oh man, what do you think of the Kings Grizzlies tonight in the NBA? Uh, teacher says he didn't get anything, just cold. Yeah, it was it was bitter cold. We got like two days of respite here, and then it's going to be cold with snow and shit again. So I'm not excited about that, but it is good to be here. Of course, everybody, want to remind you, of course, to like and subscribe. If you don't subscribe to our channel already, well, you probably wouldn't have known we were on the air. So I'm guessing most of you guys have subscribed. If not, please do that. And of course, give us the thumbs up. That's the only way our bosses know uh, how we're doing. So... That's a, that's a good metric to use there if you listen to us in podcast form, which you can do if you miss us live. You can uh, rate, review there. And, of course, don't forget to check out both of our pals, Jim Williams and Chris King, over there at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time each and every day on the YouTubes and whatnot as they do their show, Just Parlays. And it's about baking 
and automobiles. So no, it's about parlays. It's, uh, they they do lay out some uh, some good parlays for you. Big X in the house. Good to be here. Uh, before we get started with all our stuff, Scott, I want to remind everybody that we have partnered up with the one and only Caesars Sportsbook. The uh, would you call that the Cadillac of sportsbooks, Scott? So you, you got your upstarts, you got your FanDuel, your DraftKings, all this shit. But Caesars, man, they've been around forever. They're a great, great company. Uh, now they're branching out into it's been a long since ancient Rome. Is it? It's been around since ancient Rome. That's right. Um, they got a great promotion going. Um, they will match first-time depositors and users. Your opening bet, win, loser, draw up to a thousand and one dollars. Basically, a risk-free proposition. The perfect way for new bettors who have not yet tried the app or the website to get a really super deal. Really easy. Just download the app, open that bad boy up, or go online and uh, to the Caesars website. Key part you need to know, you put in video winners and you get that opening bet match. Win loser up to $1,001. You got to check to make sure it's available in your state. And of course, you must be 21 to play. Uh, Big X says uh, LeBron James rebounds over again. I know you were talking about that yesterday. Just pretty much ride that until further notice till they start getting healthier at the big man position. Scott, was that about right? Uh, pretty much. The way that I see it is for LeBron, I actually did a uh, player prop for my play of the day. It wasn't rebounds. I ended up taking points. I think he's going to have a huge game. But when you have no Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard barely plays, DeAndre Jordan, people forget, is actually on the roster. LeBron's going to have to help with the boards. I know he kind of was slacking a bit on the glass against Minnesota in the last game, did not end up getting past seven. But I do think he'll end up having a big game 32-12, and 12, something. Like, would it shock you if LeBron goes for – a massive stat line against the Kings of all teams? Probably not. What was his point total? 24 and a half or so? Uh, 30 and a half. 30 and a half. So it was big, huh? Uh, it was J- big, but he's gone over in seven of the last eight. J.C. So, Stone uh, pointing out an anomaly last night, and there were a couple of these. Uh, Arizona Wildcats had 21 turnovers. Washington had six turnovers. Arizona wins by 16. Uh, that's because they're really good in Washington. But they didn't cover. They didn't cover. No, they had a monster fucking line. I think it ended up closing to 22 and a half or so. Um... It's interesting Caesar on the commercial. Wonder who the next Cleopatra will be. I agree. I I didn't recognize that that was Halle Berry for sure. I had to look it up. I thought that's who it was, but I had to make sure. So, and of course, I know JB Smooth, which kind of tells you about where my priorities are. But uh, Scott, let's talk about it. Oh God, I hate to do it. I'm, I'm going to suffer through this again. It's going to be it's going to be like uh, PTSD for this game. But I've got to talk about it. Let's do it. Let's find out. Who are the winners? Who are the whiners, Scott? You know who you are, and uh, I hate to tell you, but if you were if you were following me, um, at least on my premium plays, you were probably a whiner yesterday. Let's get her rolling. Rip off the Band-Aid right now. We're going to find out who they were as we discover the Tuesday edition of Call the Cops. All right, Scott, I was really torn. One of the most difficult things about putting out free picks and putting out premium picks is try to figure out each day which one I like better. Um, I usually get it right. The majority of the time, I've, I've got the right one. But yesterday, I did not have the right one as I took my free play. Full game under. And despite the fact that it landed on 40, if you watched the game, you knew that was never really in doubt as far as the under goes. My premium play, I made it uh, the Steelers team total under 21 and a half. And if you... Got down late in that game. You probably got it at 22 or 22 and a half. None of those numbers mattered, as it turned out, because Steelers up 19-14. Third and one from the Browns, 37. Less than one minute left. Cleveland's out of timeouts. All they have to do, Scott, 
pick up the first down. You, you literally have to do anything except go for 37 fucking yards. And that's exactly what happened. Najee Harris broke through into the second level, took it all the way to the house. Steelers uh, finished with 26 points. And if you if you watch that game, the Browns didn't exactly give it a great effort once he got to the second level. It looked like there was a, a shot that somebody might have had an angle there to run him out of bounds, and they went, you know what, fuck it. It's, 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 we'll worry about it next season. Brutal, brutal, brutal fucking beat. Scott? So, looking at the same game, if you had Baker Mayfield under one and a half touchdown passes, he had one with less than six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Browns had done nothing the entire game besides that one pass in Njoku. They ended up going on a 17-play, 76-yard drive, including two separate fourth-down conversions, one of which was a questionable defensive pass interference penalty on 4th and 20, and Mayfield ended up throwing a touchdown pass with 110 left in the game to Harrison Bryant. Mayfield ended up with two touchdowns. That's more than one and a half. Going to be honest with you, I thought we had won the I thought we had cashed that under team total when they had that pass interference. I'm like, "Okay, so they're not going to give it back to him at the 35-yard line and uh kick a field goal or whatever. So I'm like, once they move down the field, I'm like, we're in. So, uh, by the way, I want to remind everybody to uh, to like and subscribe today or uh, Big Ben going to come back for one more season. Fuck. My God. Let it go, buddy. It's over. It is over. <sighs> Finally, if you had Wisconsin-Purdue under 140 at 53 points in the first half, you got to figure you're in good shape there. You're 17 points ahead of schedule. 90 was points. Good news, though. There, there was no overtime. There was no overtime, so you didn't get hosed in the 45th minute. You got hosed in about the 35th minute because they put up 90 points in the second half. Game landed 143. Yikes. Wisconsin, Purdue, call the cops. Johnny Davis, really, 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 really good at college basketball. That's very true. Very His true. odds jumped up dramatically. Uh, in the player of the year race. I think he went from like 30 to one to eight to one in the span of a day because he ended up having 37 and 14 on the road as Wisconsin beat a top three team outright. Good win by the Badgers. I'm not really sure why Purdue didn't put Edie and Williams on the court at the same time because they would have grabbed every rebound imaginable. Edie off the bench had 24 points and 10 rebounds he missed zero shots maybe you should give him more minutes maybe because they can't stop the seven foot three guy in the lane but matt painter is going to do matt painter things have good teams that underperform because he's not a very good coach and wisconsin ended up basically clinching a tournament berth by beating purdue yesterday there you go all right well there was some good news out there yesterday and hopefully you were on some of the right sides of these Let's find out who you were, who was taking it easy on a nice Monday night, sitting there in the rocking chair. So, first one we're going to look at was the first half under in the Monday night football game between the Steelers and the Browns. You had zero points in the first quarter, 10 nothing at the half. That's a lot less than 21. First half went under. No shenanigans there at all. And uh, moving on to the NBA, you had the Grizzlies plus six and a half over the Nets. That was a no sweater because they never trailed in that game. They ended up winning by 14. 
Those six and a half points, you can throw those in the trash. You didn't even need them. Congratulations, you were sitting in the rocking chair. And the last one, if you had the Timberwolves plus two and a half against the Clippers, not sure why they were dogs against the Clippers with no real talent on the team. Either way, it was good for you because the Timberwolves led by 18 at the half and they won by 18. All right, very good. Uh, let's check in on the comment section here, see how everybody's doing. Do, 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 do. Uh, King Me is here. This is uh, Roland G's taking LSU minus one the first half against Kentucky tonight. Uh, do, 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 do. Brad Crawford said, Great call on the Rangers. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, we, uh, we had a pretty good day yesterday as far as the show goes. Uh, Matthews. Yeah, the show was good. I know the NBA, I lost my play of the day on the individual. But for the for this show, I talked about basically just taking every double-digit dog in the NBA, and they all cashed. Hell, even Detroit won outright. They beat Milwaukee. That was a bit of a shock. But you're looking at the Heat. They got there. Detroit just got there, as I said. Uh, you had the Magic that got there against Chicago. If you took some dogs, you had a very good day in the NBA. Yep. Of course, I was on I was on the other side of the heat, and uh, they ended up getting everybody back that wasn't supposed to come back. So uh, that was super helpful. Uh, James S. had a nice live play yesterday. He said he got four minutes left. He got Wisconsin plus 780 and uh, said he got lucky. No, if you, if you win them, that's all skill, buddy. If you lose them, it's bad luck. Um, we were talking about the NBA tonight. Uh, I can't remember what games they were specifically asking about. I know the Kings was one of them. Uh, well, Kings play against the Lakers. So, of course, the Lakers are favored because, duh, they're favored. They're L.A. They're going to take money no matter what. They're six and a half. They've been playing better lately. So, I guess that's the silver lining. The issue is haven't beaten anybody. Now, it's not their fault because the schedule has been pretty light for the last couple of games. They've won three of four. They beat Houston. They lost to Memphis. Good team. Played Portland. Won by 33. Portland's not very good. And they beat Minnesota, who has Edwards. Pretty much nobody else, because I'm pretty sure Towns did not play in that game. At least I don't think he did. So, yeah, you beat up on three pretty bad teams. Now you face another bad team in the Kings. Now, do I want to lay six and a half with the Lakers? No. Is it going to be a high-scoring game? Probably. This total has gone up a lot over the last couple of hours. It's up to 231 now. For my play that day when I was actually making it, I think it was around 228. So there's been a lot of line movement there. I like the over, but with the Lakers being involved, I can't lay six and a half. It's Kings plus the points for me or pass. As for the money line, I really don't trust the Kings, but they did beat the Lakers earlier in the year. So maybe they could find a way. It's been a reverse. It's been a reverse home series here, as the, uh, the Lakers won and covered in Sacramento, and uh, Sacramento returned the favor as they won and covered in LA as a eight point underdog. So yeah, it's a box of chocolates there. Although Lakers are getting healthier, so they, of course they don't have Anthony Davis, but I think people in LA barely remember Anthony Davis played for them at this point. So. Uh, Grizz on a back-to-back that hasn't mattered to them. No, it has not. They are they have played very good basketball on a back-to-back so far, and they are uh, spinning up against. Where are they at, Scott? What am I missing? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that for a sec? The Grizzlies? What am I missing? Oh, the Grizzlies. Uh, they are playing against Cleveland. They are plus three. 
and the total in that one is around 215 and a half yeah i got it yeah, yeah 215 give or take now memphis of course played last night uh the starters were pulled in the fourth quarter because they were up by so much and then the nets bench made it close they brought the starters back in for about a minute ended up winning handily so they ended up being able to rest most of the guys for the fourth quarter which helps now cleveland is healthier once again, because Garland is officially back in the lineup. They're missing a Coro, so it is what it is. But I am kind of tempted by the Grizzlies here, just because I do think they are still undervalued. This Grizzlies team is just very good. And I know Cleveland was the sneaky team earlier in the year. Then they covered about, what, 14 in a row? Mm-hmm. And now everybody backs them pretty much every single game at this point. Right. I think Memphis is good. Yeah. So they- I think that they can hang around here. I get the fading on a back-to-back. I'd probably look at Memphis first half to try to avoid some fatigue as potential in the second half. But do I want to lay three with Cleveland here against one of the hotter teams in the league? Not really. No, they, uh, th- this Memphis team, last time they played back-to-back, they played back in December, and uh, they took care of business against Phoenix, winning outright as an eight-point dog the time before that on a, coming off a back-to-back. Uh, they did lose at Oklahoma City outright as a nine-point favorite. So I'm um, trying to see. Their other back-to-back, they did well, and it was coming against the Lakers as they won uh, by 13 as a f- as four-point underdogs there. So, yeah, looks like they've done okay on their back-to-backs. Um, I like OU plus 14 and a half. Well, that one's gone up a lot, too, because Baylor was favored by, I want to say, 12 on the overnight, 12 and a half, maybe oh. 13. Now they're up to 14 and a half. Oklahoma, I think, is a decent team. I said about a month and change ago that Baylor's the best team in the country, so I'm not surprised Baylor has looked like it up to this point. They're still undefeated. They're number one in the country. They should be. They're really, really good. They're the only team in the they're the only team in the country that's top five in, in uh, Ken Palm in offensive and defensive efficiency. And you know what that means? It means they're probably going on a series run in the tournament. So I expect Baylor to look good tonight. Do I think that this is too many points in a conference game? It does seem a bit rich. But once again, is Oklahoma a great team? Not necessarily. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. But do you really want to lay that many points in a conference game? I don't blame you, Nathan. I do think that seems a bit rich. I think Baylor's going to win. I think 10 sounds about right. A double-digit win where Oklahoma hangs around a bit. But I think if Baylor eventually wins the game comfortably, but not by 15-plus. I'm on the other side. You- this is uh, I'm this is a Baylor team that has been untouchable at home. Beat Stanford by 38. They beat Villanova by 21. Give up just 84 points in those two games combined. I don't know who's going to score for Oklahoma. I, I like I like all kinds of Baylor in that one. Uh, Bill McDonald asking about a game that I was actually looking at, Scott, um, the Marquette Providence game. The Providence team's been uh, very good uh, against the number tonight. They're going up against, of course, a very good Marquette team. What's your take on that one? Well, you've had a lot of line movement because Providence was favored on the overnight, and now Marquette took a bunch of money, and Marquette is now favored. So you're looking at. The current line, Marquette is currently, you have one and a half? I got one and a half, yeah. Yeah. So, do I think Marquette's a very good team? No. They beat Illinois earlier in the year. uh, But besides that, they really have not done much lately. And you're looking at that Illinois win. 
it is worth mentioning that Coburn did not play. So they beat an Illinois team without its best player, which definitely takes away from some of the, let's just say, glamour of that win. But this is the tricky spot that I've mentioned in the past where you have, in especially college football, but we'll use this for college basketball, you have an unranked team favored at home against a ranked team. And usually you end up taking the unranked team to win. Marquette's lost four in a row. I don't think they're very good. I think Providence is good, but you know me. I like me some unranked systems, so I'm going to go ahead and take Marquette. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to fall for it, Scott. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to back the team. I don't blame you. That's covered. Providence is the much better team. They've won but eight straight, be, covered seven of their last eight. Yeah, I know. Um, I'd be a hypocrite if I went against my system. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just think. I just think this Providence team is playing very well. I was not impressed with Marquette. As they went up against Creighton, Creighton decent team, but I don't think they're very good. No. I just don't know how a team that's lost four in a row and now is against a ranked team is favored. That yeah. seems extremely sketchy to me. Okay, all right, um, yeah, I'll play that. Uh, Texas, Texas versus Kansas State took the under one twenty two and a half. We talked about that one. That was on the, that was on the possibility list for our bet the farm play. We were looking at uh, Kansas State team total under there. Looking at the full game under because that uh, that Texas defense is the uh, they're the shit. They, they really do play extremely good defense, but we couldn't quite pull the trigger um, just because I don't have that much confidence in the K State defense. So uh, uh, Marquette one and four in the last five. Yeah, uh, Friars all day. That's right. You just skipped the win. They're zero and four in their last four. No good. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Baylor also barely beat Iowa State and, bar- and barely beat an unranked Oregon team. Both of those games were on the road, and uh, Iowa State. Yeah, and there's also a difference. Iowa State was ranked. What were they top ten? Ranked eleventh? Yeah, right at there. Right, top you, fifteen. You for beat sure. a top ten team or so on the road by eight. Yeah, I consider that a plus. Yeah, I didn't... I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that line might be a little tall at the time. I didn't quite. I didn't quite have the balls to play against Baylor. But I thought I thought that seemed like a lot of points to be laying to Iowa State at home, and it ended up being a lot of points. But they still, you know, took care of business. Uh, Florida State team total over seventy two and a half. Uh, he took that today, also says Roland. Uh, let's take a look. At, let's take a look at the semen holes there, Scott. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest has not exactly been a good defensive team. Plus, Wake Forest is having, I'd say, the Wake Forest type of year that it's had in previous seasons, where they look really good out of conference against the. Uh, really just the poverty teams right. in college basketball where they win a bunch of games early. Then they go into conference play and they finish in the bottom of the table. And you're looking at what we've seen so far. They lost to Louisville on the road by four, lost to Miami on the road by eight. Now it just so happens both those teams are tied for first place in the standings at 3-0, and so I'm not really going to blame Wake Forest for that. But they have lost two straight. Florida State is a team that we both saw early on was going to have a down year, just looking at the actual roster, the amount of guys they lost, how they played early in the year against the likes of, I think it was Tulane they barely beat at home yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah, 59-54, first game of the season. I like the over. I think you'll see points in this game. So I don't mind the team total for Florida State, Mm-mm. but I'm looking at both offenses. Wake's averaging 80-plus points per game. I mean, against weaker competition, but still. And Florida State's averaging about 75 points per game. 
I think there's a good chance one of these teams gets to 80. Yep. Or at least both these teams get into the mid-70s. I like the full game over, but if you want to take a team total there, I don't mind it either. JC Stone wants to know if I remember uh, Wayne Allen Root. Yeah, of course. He was a he was a uh, investment guy and kind of turned a uh, motivational speaker guy and then turned to sports betting. Favorite play was unranked teams at home, favorite over ranked teams. Called it the doesn't make sense play. It was good over the years. I know we rode that hard in college football this year and it paid off repeatedly. I didn't tra- I didn't trademark it. I didn't I didn't invent the thing, but if people want to give me credit for something that's existed for a long time, I'll take it. No one wants to give you credit for that, buddy. Good. I'll just I'll just keep cashing. So that's that's the that's the trade off. Somebody asking about Colorado tonight on the puck line against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, Blackhawks, bad hockey team. See, the way that you got to look at puck lines is the obvious way to look at it. How good's the team you're backing, and how bad's the team you're against? Colorado, really, really good, particularly at scoring goals. So if you want to lay one and a half in hockey, I'd say rule of thumb, you want your team to score four-plus goals. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think you got to have – So Colorado can do that. I mean, of course, you could win a game 2 nothing, 3-1, but that's a little bit tricky relying on the defense that heavily. Yep. So if your team can get to four, you're usually in pretty good shape conceptually to cash a puck line. I think Colorado gets to four. Hell, maybe even five. But offensively, they're great. Chicago's defense isn't that good. So I do think that you'll see Colorado win this game pretty handily. I see a 5-2 type game. Yep. You? I don't hate Colorado regulation either. Um, or a team total over on Colorado. Yep. I just think they're going to score a bunch. All of those are good. Uh, Akron minus one and a half over Ohio. I looked at that one last night when I was putting my sheet together. This is a, uh, a pretty darn good Akron team, Scott. Are you on the... Uh, are you on the zip wagon yet? Well, I was kind of on them to start the year because the first game of the season, they barely lost to Ohio State on the road. And Ohio State is a team that we would agree is good. Better than I don't Akron. think that they're a title contending team or anything like that, but no. they're definitely top five in the Big Ten. Yep. Would you agree with that? I would. And Akron gave them all they could handle. So I do think that Ohio is a decent team as well, but... You're going to be laying a very small number with an Akron team that has actually fared pretty well this season when it comes to just A, playing at home, B, playing against decent competition. I don't mind Akron in that spot. Um, common opponents mean anything to you? Because this is a yeah. Akron team. Eh, that, not really. This is an Akron team that barely got by Marshall by two when uh, Ohio beat Marshall by 10. Both of those were at home games for their uh, respective teams. So is that is that something you look at? Is that something you care about? Uh, not really, because I feel like it's a people attempt to use it as a way of just comparison because you have one similar variable. Except it really depends on a how good or bad that given team played on that given night, and b some teams are just good matchups against others and some aren't. So you can look at a situation where Marshall maybe had really good matchups against Akron's backcourt. I'm kind of making this up, but you get my point. Right. But Ohio's backcourt was really a good matchup for them against Marshall. So I do think that using a common opponent is, an, I'd say, a simple way to compare teams, but there's a lot of flaws with that philosophy because some teams just have good matchups against specific position groups and other teams don't. Well, and I'll give so you I an example. It's a slippery slope. I'll give you an example with Akron. They are a good defensive team that can't defend the perimeter. They, they allow uh, 37 and a half points 
37.5% from beyond the arc. So if you run into a team that's not that good, but they can shoot from distance, that's a team that's going to give Akron trouble. That's not what Ohio does. I'm, uh, it's, it's Akron or pass uh, for me here. Uh, can we talk about the lack of faith Rochelle has in, in his alumni? Yeah, there you go. Can we talk about that, Scott? Because you, you, uh, if I pick him, I, I like how I get a pass because I, I faded Mizzou against Army. On me. My team has had this type of effect on really me for the last couple of years, ever since I was in college. If I fade my teams either on the air or either with my own personal money, they will always have the game of their lives whenever <laughs> I fade them every time. But when I back them, they will completely shit the bed. I believe that's so like selective I recall. I'm not for sure. the team yesterday and knew through reverse psychology that Wisconsin watches the show and they would beat Purdue if I gave out, if I said I liked Purdue in the spot. Very good. So, uh, good to go. see Crash Landon in the house. I haven't seen Crash around in a while. Good to see him there. Scott, I wonder, I really wanted to talk about this. I don't want to blow this off. Let's, uh, let's do it. We're going to do it two, two days in a row. Let's find out who it was. Let's head to fabulous Las Vegas, Scott, for today's donkey of the day. So I have to talk about this. I really do. If you recall, in Las Vegas earlier this year, Henry Ruggs had a horrible, horrible incident, uh, killing a woman in a, in a car crash, ruining his life, probably going to prison for multiple decades. So you would think if there would be any team that would maybe stress the message, don't fucking drink and drive, might be the Las Vegas Raiders. Scott, would you think that? I would. Absolutely. So perhaps you heard this story. Las Vegas Raiders cornerback Nate Hobbs got arrested for a DUI following the victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Again, just to remind everybody, Henry Riggs, currently in jail, headed to prison for killing someone while drunk driving. Holy shit, Scott. Have we learned nothing? Sometimes I think I'm rooting for the fucking virus, this the way people act sometimes. I'm not I'm not even kidding. What are we doing here? Uh people are stupid. Okay. Good That's how it goes. Good chat, Scott. Um stop it. Just stop it. All right. There is no excuse. Especially if you have money. Just Uber. If you Just have Uber. You know, you know, for 20 bucks for Uber for Joe Schmo that works at the factory or works nine to five. You're making 40 K a year. You don't want to pay surge pricing for an Uber. Okay. I kind of get it. It sucks. You should still do it. But for a professional athlete that makes, oh, I don't know what the league minimum is. 700,000. Yeah. For For a rookie corner, six digits. Mid to upper. Yeah. Mid to upper six digits. Take a fucking Uber. My God. Just stop it. All right, we've talked about it a little bit yesterday, Scott, but let's find out. They were drinking. You know they were. Speaking, speaking of drinking, hopefully they weren't driving there in Vegas as the odds makers uh, were definitely drunk yesterday. All right, sir. Go ahead. So in the NBA, if you had the over in the Hawks and Trailblazers game, it was a pretty interesting afternoon because the total – dropped from about 227 or so to 224. So a bunch of money came in on the under. And then the game started, and you realize that the under had no chance because each quarter had at least 62 points. The game landed 267. So the game went over by 43 
and money came in on the under in the hours leading up to the actual game. Any Interesting ga- stuff. Any game you would equate that to yesterday, Scott, with some weird line movement as far as the total goes that made no sense? Uh, it was easy, the, mo- the Monday Night Football game, because we both liked the under. I know you had that as a play. I said it would have been my favorite play, besides maybe first half under. But that total went from around 41.5 to 43.5. People liked the over on the premise that Big Ben, in his final game, was going to light it up. Kobe Bryant-type performance, where he just throws for 350, three touchdowns, and then you remember he can't throw. He has no talent anymore, and both teams couldn't move the ball. Don't believe. If you want to take an over in the NFL, make sure that Baker Mayfield is not against Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe one of the two, and you rely on the other quarterback to do a lot. But when you have two bottom five, bottom ten starting quarterbacks in the league going against each other, you probably shouldn't be slamming the over. Nothing says get the fuck out of the NFL like this stat line. Scott, how many attempts did Ben Roethlisberger have last night? 46. How many yards did he throw for? 123. 2.7 yards per attempt. Get the fuck off my field. I'm sorry. I, I'm i sorry, Yenzers. I know there's Steelers fans out there. There's Steelers fans everywhere. I know there's guys that love Big Ben. But Big Ben has been a liability for three seasons now, Scott? I would say two and a half. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, not not good at all. Uh, teaser K-State minus one under 53 and a half. Yes, please. Uh, big fan of big fan. I, li- of that. I like where your head's at, Mike. Yep. I like where your head's at on that. Absolutely. Uh, seven or eight sacks in that game. Nine. Nine sacks in that game, Roland. Uh, TJ Watt had four of them. Baker throwing the ball into the ground had over three. And, and oh, uh, I think they had five tip passes or knockdown passes, whatever, and nine sacks. And I don't I'm know. I'm still how, confused how many times he was on his was ass. Doing for the sake of the fact that the the season was already over. Right. They officially got eliminated. So there was no point. Baker's been playing on basically one shoulder and with a leg issue for the last two months. Why was he playing last night? He's having surgery now because he's going to have he's going right. to have surgery no matter what. Yeah. But if you're not, not competing for a playoff spot, why would you use your already injured quarterback just to throw him out to the dogs? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Browns backer checking in said, "What is well, happening? What did you expect? Did you expect him to have a ridiculous one arm performance where he goes for a gritty two fifty? No, he was going to get buried. Yeah. They had no offensive line. Well, and, you know that we talked about that. They got three linemen back." But you always have to look at how much they're going to play. I'd like to know the stats on Treader and Willis, um, and the and the other linemen there that, that came back off of the COVID list. I'd like to know how many, what percentage of the snaps they saw, because I know they weren't in there all for the entire game. Uh, I'm not going to blame it all on Mayfield. I'm going to blame a decent amount of it. But when who's the one guy you have to stop on Pittsburgh's defensive line? The one guy. Oh, you got to stop Nick Chubb. Yeah, of course. No, I'm no, I'm saying who's the guy on Pittsburgh's defensive line? You oh, you got to stop T.J. Watt, of course. Yeah, correct. You got to stop T.J. Watt. So even though Mayfield did not play well at any point in the game yesterday, you really let the one guy that you have to contain get four sacks. You couldn't ship him. You couldn't send some double teams at him. Four sacks. I got no. I Do got something. I got zero beefs with Mayfield. When you're running for your life all night long and you have a bad night. 
I don't give a fuck. You're running for your life. Nothing works. You're rolling out. You're taking extra time. Your routes are in shambles because now everybody's just fucking playing uh, street football, trying to get open because the patterns are all busted. Uh, T-Train has an interesting uh, theory. He says uh, maybe they were just trying to finish Baker off last night so they could move on. Oh, man. I don't know. If he looks awful, they can pay him less during the offseason. That's real big brain thinking. Um, but they're going to move on. Yeah, I think so. At least so. they should. I agree. It, that's how it is. Uh, I didn't expect I didn't expect Najee Harris to go for uh, uh, 20, 28 yards for, uh, for 188. Yeah, I took the under 100. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I You know, and... And again, it's just Pittsburgh had the ball so much because Ben still, 46 attempts, Najee Harris goes for 188. You figure both of those things are not going to happen. But Cleveland just couldn't couldn't fucking move the ball. They couldn't keep Baker upright. Uh, I don't know why they had Baker drop back at all. Um, I'm just saying, if you have a solid pass rush against you, Pittsburgh's giving up either the most rushing yards in the league per game or the second most rushing yards in the league per game. Yep. Chubb should have touched the ball minimum 25 times last night. Minimum. Yeah, agreed. Chubb, Chubb, Chubb only got four, 57 yards, and Chubb's only gets 57 yards. It's just Chubb. Chubb Chubb's was the guy from uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Lots of problems in Cleveland. It sucks. And Browns backer, if you follow me on Twitter, I apologize. I fucking lashed out against Pittsburgh and Cleveland last night after that game. I basically insulted them and told them enjoy to look looking up at Cincinnati. So uh I'll be the first to now, admit don't get me wrong, I was, was a little a salty. Win. It was a good yeah, it was a good win for Pittsburgh because they needed to have it. Are they gonna make the playoffs? Probably not. No. Because the Colts, if they beat the Jaguars, the Steelers are out. And I'm assuming that the Colts, even though they tend to choke, are not gonna choke this badly. Against this Jaguars. I swear so, to God, I saw this stat. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm making this up. I, I think I saw somewhere that the Colts have lost to the Jags six straight times at home in Jacksonville. Yeah, so, uh, it wasn't at home. They lost the uh, yeah in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, yeah. right. Yeah, but either way, the point is that if the Colts win, the Steelers are out, and it's a good moment for Big Ben and for the Steeler Nation to send him off in you know on into the sunset, but. We said during the offseason, if they had pretty much any other quarterback, they would probably make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs because they kept Big Ben around for another year. Yep. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. People, where's, oh, who you got for offensive rookie of the year? Mac Jones. I got Jamar. I got Jamar Chase. It's Chase. Yeah. It's Chase. Chase is now minus like 350. 300. He went for, Jones went. From minus 600 going into Sunday to about plus 270, I think. Uh, I, got him, I, I, I got him at plus 200. Chase had the, yeah, Chase had the greatest game ever for a rookie wide receiver. Probably the best receiving game in general in the last couple of years. I don't know what the hell is going to beat that. The I'd say it's the best game by a wide receiver since the Calvin game against the Cowboys a couple years ago? Yeah, it was really good. And if you look at that game, it was all chase because there was a couple of those balls that really had no business being caught. And they were good coverage, bad pass. Chase makes the adjustment and makes the catch. So uh, Mac Jones won multiple games in a row. I don't understand the system. There's a lot of recency bias in postseason awards. Yeah. 
uh, a ton. And uh, if you're winning games and you're it's not, not a lot of flash. if you're not putting up massive stats, then if you get somebody that that has some some killer games, that person's going to win the award. Uh, Scott, you and I talked it's about really about the flash. You and I talked about doing the point a point new- is that Mac Jones is is sorry, sorry, and Mac Jones is okay, but he's boring. Yeah, and people think that Belichick's the brains behind the operation, and that you could throw anybody back there and he'll do well. The point is, is that Cincinnati had a losing record. They brought in this rookie wide receiver, and suddenly they have one of the best offenses in football, and they beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, based on recency bias and narrative, Chase should be the big favorite Jones. You can make an argument because of his team going to the playoffs. So Cincinnati. So I think chase is going to win the award. Yeah. Chase has led the Bengals to their first division title in eight years or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, new England had the division and kind of pissed it away. Uh, T train says, I really like Huntley in Baltimore. Uh, if you're, you could, you could do a lot worse. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that would, be, would have Huntley. Certainly as a backup, but some of them would have him as an upgrade if he was the starter. Um, I like I like Huntley. Good wheels. I think I think he's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, hate to say it, Steelers fans, Colts ain't losing Sunday. So that's the smart. That's the smart move. As you know, there's Jacksonville. That team had absolutely nothing, absolutely less than nothing for the Patriots on Sunday as they lost by forty. So you know, yeah, the uh, Cam Newton was Belichick's kryptonite. Uh, only way if Carson Wentz regresses back to his Eagle days. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Scott, you and I talked about doing a segment, starting one up, called Only Losers Pay Juice, where we identify long shots or, or long prices that are still uh, a good value. And a couple of the things we talked about was like T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year at minus 600. Don't let it, don't let it scare you. It's a, it's a lock. It's 100%. We don't, we don't use that phrase on this show very often. That's a lock. Um, I mean, you can even look at some money loans. And, and, and M- M- MVP's, the, MVP's the other one, too. Aaron. I would pump the brakes on MVP because I'm not sure if Rodgers is going to play this upcoming week. Doesn't matter. So you might have to wonder if it'll play a factor. I'm not going to say it, it will, but I'm saying if Brady does well in the final game and Rodgers doesn't play, you're laying juice you won't have to lay because I'm assuming the price will drop. So I'd wait on Rodgers. TJ Watt's going to win the award. I don't know how he's not going to win the award. And I like Parsons, of course, because I root for Dallas. But TJ Watt allegedly got hosed last year yep. with the Aaron Donald situation. And then he somehow has 20-plus sacks in about 13 games. Primetime game, must-win situation, four sacks. It's over. TJ Watt's winning the award. It's a done deal. Yep, it is. All right, buddy. It is time. Let's uh, let's get to it. We... Uh... Been running pretty good, bud. Been running. For, I've, I've tried to jinx us, and I haven't even been able to jinx us by talking about how well we're doing. So let's uh, let's do it, everybody. You got uh, you got your straw hats ready. Got your overalls on. Go ahead and leave that strap down. It's Tuesday. Nobody gives a fuck. Um, put your straw hats on. Climb aboard your John Deere. Get that uh, get that rabbit foot keychain out there and fire that bad boy up. Because kids, you know it, you love it. Once again, it's time for America's favorite segment. It's time. To bet the farm. Scott, we did have a bet the farm play yesterday in the world of hockey. How did that go for us? We ended up having the Rangers on the money line plus 110, and they won four to one.
Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Getting closer. Mm. All right. The first time you, you first time you do that in a timely fashion is going to be the first one we lose. So here we go. It's the last bowl game of the season. Not counting the national championship game. It's the last real bowl game. And by God, we got to play on it. Can I interest you, Scott, in LSU team total under 20 and a half? And yes, we looked very hard to find a 21, and we could not find it at any book. So if you find a 21... For God's sakes, pounce on it. It's 20 and a half. It is minus 110 pretty much everywhere. And perhaps you've heard some of the narratives on this, but just in case, I'll lay it out for you. The LSU Tigers have no head coach. They're between Ed Orgeron and Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Their offensive line coach is going to be uh, donning the headset for this one. And uh, by the way, first black head coach, interim or otherwise, to coach at LSU. So congratulations there. But they're only bringing three regular staff members. That's all they have left. So they've got the head coach that's the offensive line coach. They have three assistants that are coming. Everybody else is going to be new. They have no quarterbacks on scholarship. Scott Nussmeyer was the only one. He's played four games this season. Uh, fifth one, he would have to take off his red shirt, ask the NCAA for a waiver. Did not get it. He has decided to sit out. They have no first-string running back. He put up 1,005 yards. And overall, Scott, they're down to 39 scholarship players from 85. So that is a significant hit. And even with everybody healthy, this wasn't a fantastic Tigers offense. They averaged just 19.4 points per game over their last five with everyone available. Kansas State playing pretty good defense. They're in the Big 12. They gave up just 17.5 points per game in their last six. And most importantly... God bless you, K-State. Run through the wall for Chris Kleiman. Nobody opted out. They're getting uh, they're they're getting uh, Skyler Thompson back for his last game. So it makes a difference. They're also, LSU is missing a couple of key defensive players, missing their two leading tacklers, and they are missing almost everyone in the defensive backfield. They have only one player that's taken significant steps. And why does that matter if we're taking an offensive number? Simple. It means K-State's going to be able to drive the ball more, hold on to the ball longer, and to keep the LSU offense off the field. We really like the LSU Tigers team total under 20 and a half in the Tax Slayer Texas Bowl tonight. And that is going to do it for our Bet the Farm play. Yes, Scott? Yeah, I was going to say one thing that you can also just briefly mention to make it easier. LSU we mentioned before, no scholarship quarterbacks. So have fun trying to throw the ball. But Kansas State was very good against the run. And even though LSU is going to be using some second-string, third-string running backs, we know that LSU still has a lot of talent because they're the SEC. They have good running backs. If you go, if you want to be Kansas State, it's through the air. This team's not throwing it, at least well. No, no, it's not. I just I don't see it happening. They've got two true freshman quarterbacks, and they have a wide receiver that played uh, a dual threat option quarterback in high school. He's very good, threw for 7,500 yards in high school. He's what they're calling their secret weapon. We'll, uh, we'll see how all that goes against live fire uh, FBS competition because this K-State uh, defense can get after the quarterback, and I expect to see that tonight. So get yourself down on that one as far as our bet the farm play. LSU team total under 20 and a half. That's going to do it for the farm, and that's going to do it for our show. Put that Tuesday show in the can. Of course, we as always... Thank you guys for stopping by, checking us out. Don't forget to like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Sorry to hammer you over the head with it, but hey, it's the 21st century. It's, it's social media. It's, it's how we're fucking measured. So 
We uh, appreciate our loyal our loyal listeners, our loyal viewers. Tell your friends, share the link, all that good stuff. But for now, let's just go win some money tonight. You guys have a great day. As always, uh, good luck on all of your plays. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket turns into cash money. All right, guys, uh, thanks for watching. We'll uh, see you tomorrow as Scott and I will once again do our very best to help you head back to the window. Have a great afternoon, everybody.